BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. It's your girl, Jacqueline, and we're here with another episode to kick off the Christmas season. Mariah Carey is in her full bag, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) and we are here with a family-friendly film that we feel the critics were a little bit unfair to. I'm so excited to have my co-host along with me again today, Mr. Mark Elliser. I know this is right around the time where your Amazon wish lists start coming over. Yeah, this is, I'm so bad at putting together, my mom will text me without fail, like December 1st. And she's like, okay, Santa's on the line. What do you like? And I'm like, I I like socks now. (laughs) Like I'm at that age where the stuff that I hated getting as a kid is the stuff I need now. So my mom hooks me up with socks. She hooks me up with. She needs uh, to get you some shirts this year. Then tell her the t-shirts. I, yeah, I just I'm not big on t-shirts. I'm just I, you have to wear sleeves. I'm she's sorry. gonna give me one big Wake Forest sweatshirt, and that's gonna carry me through to next year. You have to wear sleeves that are not part of a hoodie. I think our guest, <laughs> who is looking very dapper next to him, will agree. Of course, this is our man Tony Baker joining us today to talk about Family Man with Nicolas Cage. Tony, sir, welcome to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Glad to have you here to talk about it as a family man yourself. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to be back in the Rotten Tomatoes mix. Good to see you in person as opposed on to my TV. Right. Yeah. Anytime I'm watching the games, like Tony's on every other commercial. He's Pretty popping much. up. Yeah. He's just, he's a, he's an omnipresent force in my life, even when we haven't seen each other the in a while. The man is working, which we're going to talk about another man working in this one. That, of course, is the 2000, I would say, dramedy, cult classic a little bit. There's a lot of folks that are a fan of this one. It's 53% rotten on the tomato meter, but it has a 65, 67% audience score. It's a Nick Cage movie, so of course it's going to be on our editorial feature. Nick Cage movies ranked. It is on the lower side uh, at the 53%, ranked at number 47. The very bottom one is Left Behind at 93. That was part of pro- likely the Nicolas Cage trying to pay off the tax man phase. <laughs> but number one at 97% is a movie that I love, but the person who lives in my house is not a fan of, and that's Pig uh, from 2021. It's also on the 150 best Christmas movies of all time. Number one on that one is Clang, Clang, Clang with the Trowley and Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> Family Man is ranked at number 107. Oh, it couldn't break the top 100 right. I mean, of it, Christmas movies. Right. At least it's on the list. Like, let's yeah. be real. Christmas movies run deep. We could name at least 20 banger ones and we are a firm believer that Die Hard is on the list and yes. I know for a fact Die Hard ranks higher than and this. And Die Hard 2. And Die Hard 2. Mm-hmm. I want to see this little Meet Me in St. Louis of 1944. How is it better than that. You Prove do not come for Judy Garland. Like, I'm glad you're here, but you are a guest to this house. <laughs> 
It's 44, <laughs> man. They probably the, didn't even talk normal. The, the gays are going to come for you, sir. You need to leave that one alone. Well, that say, is she's a lady, Jane. I wonder right. what she's doing this holiday season. Hey, Williger. Hey, what's going on here, Santa? What's the big idea? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's probably I'm... like 10 critics that reviewed that. No. They... Oh, my God. The the TCM crowd is going to come through this microphone and stab you both. But before we have them do that, I will go ahead and just at least start off with a place where I think we should, which is, Mark, can you at least tell us a little bit about Family Man? Because this is this is a movie that involves, I, I don't even know what I'm going to call it, time travel? I've been waiting for this. This is yeah. almost like alternate universe kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because Nicolas Cage plays a man who is very successful and very without a family at the outset of this movie. So you can kind of look at this as... Christmas Carol with a little bit of through the looking glass yep. with it because well, it's a wonderful life ish. Sure. It's a wonderful yeah. life as well because in reverse. It, it's about the choices that you didn't make. It's about the the alternative steps you could have taken in your life and where that would have landed you, where you get a glimpse as our character who's sort of the Clarence, the angel of this story, Don che- played by Don Cheadle, introduces Nick Cage by a uh, weird incident at a convenience store mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve that, hey, you know what, I'm going to show you what your life could have been like. So Nicolas Cage goes to bed in his nice uh, New York City high-rise by himself the way he likes it, and he wakes up, and who's he in bed with? Tay Leone, and who comes in the room? Two kids and a huge dog. Oh my God, he's been married to his sweetheart for 15 years, as opposed to the decision he actually made where he got on the plane Mm -hmm. and he didn't come back for her. So... Now he has to live this life knowing what he knows about his other life. And he's like, I don't belong here. I'm going to go back to my nice little, oh, but wait, now this family is starting to grow on me a little bit. And I meet the neighbor. Oh, this is a community. And it's very different life than I thought I'd have. I work at a tire store and I'm just selling tires at retail. But I kind of feel a connection to this family and this woman that I've loved my whole life. Never stopped loving her. What's going to happen? Is she going to feel the same way about him back in this other world? It's a it's a collision of universes and feelings and emotion and and the perfect time to do all that is the season of giving. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, this one definitely puts you in the feels. If you have a family that you like, this will be the movie that makes <laughs> you, like, not take them for granted, which yeah. is amazing. Tony, uh, I'm going to start with you just real quick because we're going to dive deep in movie talk. But before we get there, if you can just tell me, is Rotten Tomatoes wrong? Like, are you, how do you feel about this, having just watched it? Um... I'm not surprised that they didn't like it just because critics can be harsh on good stuff. Like, if it's too, you know, on the nose with the, you know, the message, they're like, eh, I don't like it. You know, critical snobs. (laughs) Because, you know, It's a Wonderful Life bombed when it came out. That is true. So it's like, they don't appreciate what's good. But but when Family Man came out, I remember it doing well at the box office. It had good legs. Mm -hmm. It made like 70-something million. Uh, the budget was high, but it still did better than anticipated. Yeah. yeah no. And so... Made his money back. That yeah. proved that, you know, audience is like, I like this. Yeah. And so I feel like... So I'm not surprised. And they're tough on Nicolas Cage. Yeah. This was also in the $20 million Nicolas Cage realm, too. I should be very clear. This is when he started making his mm-hmm. uh, bigger bigger paycheck. He had yeah. become an action star yes. off of The Rock in the mid-90s yeah. and Con Air yeah. and, and Gone in 60 Face Seconds off. and stuff like that. Yeah. And something that I noticed, because I haven't seen this movie uh, in a minute. I, I came to this movie late, but I hadn't seen it in a minute. The first scene of him was just walking around in his skivvies, yeah. and he's got like a, he's like, he's pretty built. And I'm yeah. like, this dude's definitely been working out. Then it hit me, and I was like, 
oh my God, he's in Superman shape right now. Yeah. Yeah. He was about to play Superman he in was. Tim Burton's Superman Lives. And then my, our late great buddy, John Schnapp, made the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, what happened yeah. about mm-hmm. how the fallout of that. But it's like you're watching it. And oh my God, this guy's about to play Clark Kent. No one, and he's also like a, a rich single dude yeah. who basically he works hard and then he works out hard yeah. and then sure. he hooks up hard. Yeah, he and, hooks and, up hard. Yeah. and it fits in at the time. I think he had just maybe worked with Scorsese at this time too because he had just recently maybe oh, done Bring Out the, the dead. dead or he's yeah, about to do yeah, Bring yeah, Out yeah. the Dead. It's somewhere like around this time. Mm-hmm. He loved it. He, he counts that as one of his top five. Martin L- does? Uh, no, uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, Nicholas okay. Cage does. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and find out what the critics were saying at the time. I hope that Tim is not as maybe as forceful as Tony. Um, let's let's hope we got good vibes for this one and see what the critics were saying. In our segment, we like to call Two Minutes with Tim. Two Minutes with Tim. Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life is the rarely disputed choice for the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And when people say a movie is Capra-esque, what they're describing is a kind of old-fashioned feel-good tale of the little guy sticking up for good old American values. In other words, it's a wonderful life in its broad outline. But if you're watching it for the first time, you're likely to be taken aback by how dark much of it is. There are moments in It's a Wonderful Life that are as tough and despairing as any film noir of its era. This is a movie that earns its happy ending. It was inevitable that the family man would draw comparisons to It's a Wonderful Life. It's another holiday tale about a man who, through traumatic supernatural means, gets to see an alternate version of his world. But critics were largely mixed, with many finding it more schmaltzy and calculated than heartfelt, and others enjoying the strong chemistry between Nicolas Cage and Tia Leone. The Family Man is rotten at 53% on the tomato meter with 130 reviews, and it has a 67% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a rotten review, Joe Layden of Variety called The Family Man a slickly produced slice of sentimental hokum that borrows freely from a half dozen or so other better feel-good fantasies. However, in a fresh review, Paul Clinton of CNN.com wrote, Yes, this movie is schmaltzy, but so what? It's also heartfelt, a great date movie, and perfect for the holidays. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, The family man's earnest attempt to remind audiences that it's a wonderful life too often steers into schmaltz, although Nicolas Cage and Taylor Leone's romantic rapport adds a dash of sincere sweetness. So that's The Family Man. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Back to you, folks. Just like our little tiny Tim. I love it. So great. I kind of like Schmaltz. I'm with, I'm, I, I, I take this even a step further than Tony. I, I think this definitely is a fresh movie. I think Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. And I feel like you have the same inkling as I do. Yes, I was going to say, I completely forgot to ask both me and Mark on what we wanted to do. I wanted do. to hear what Tim said before I went. I did. I really did, <laughs> we too. I wanted to get and... there. Uh, I think for me, it's about right. Like, it's about right. At 53? At 53. Like, I'm not, like, warming up out of bed with this. I had a really great time with it. This is a joke that has one one bit, and they ring that bit until the end. And it's cute, but it's not like it goes anyplace. It's, you know what I mean? Like, the what you want is what you get. The guy doesn't take his life for granted. There's a little bit of a twist at the end that keeps you kind of interested. Yeah. I I like a movie like this because it keeps us talking about what, what does happen? Like, like I, I, I kind of like want a fan fiction where they go from here a little bit, where the movie leaves off, you know? And I like when something does that. Like, you see a movie in the theater, like, if three of us go to see Family Man, and then we go get something to eat or have a drink afterwards, and we're all talking about, like, what else could have happened, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that that's kind of the vibes that I like with this movie. 
I again, it's not that it's bad schmaltz. It's just not schmaltz I, I particularly think is that great. There's better schmaltzy stuff. Like what's eating Gilbert Grape is schmaltz to a certain extent. And it's better than this. Because he takes his family for granted and then eventually he loves it. Very different, but I see what you're saying. (laughs) Different, way different movie, but I I get it. And and for me, it's like, you know, 53%. It could go up to 60. It could. Make it it fresh. It could be 60. Get it to fresh. I think it could be a low fresh. Okay. But but it's not like, you know, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't like I left the theater like, oh, okay, that was cute. (laughs) Do you like this better than Son-in-Law, which was our last like sort of holiday movie? That's what I'm like. You got to like have this is me being like Christian towards you again, where I'm like getting you to compare your things. So I apologize for being this toxic. But I'm like, come on, this is cheesy. I'm a sucker for any sort of Christmas Carol-esque story. And so I feel like this has a little bit more of that. And this opens a gateway to introduce new generations to the Frank Capra stuff and yeah. like It's a Wonderful Life, things like that. So I feel like Nicolas Cage is a nice gateway to get to Jimmy Stewart. So I think I kind of like this a little more you know, than Son-in-Law. Sorry, I, I, Polly. I love you. We'll get into this in movie talk, but I, I just think I'm I'm at a, on a different point in my journey. I can't, I, I look at families as dangerous entities mm-hmm. that it's almost like an MLN <laughs> that they're trying to like draft other people into. The, the oldest MLM is motherhood and family. I'm not And I'm not going to let you come at me like this is Beachbody or Monette. Like, I don't care. I don't want to subscribe. And movies like this are the gateway drug. So I look at them like... I have a, I have a retort that I will issue on the other side of yes, it. Yes, let's talk about it when we get into movie talk. Brian, cue the music. We're going to need Tony the Family Man to break us up here, Jacqueline. <laughs> Look, let's start with let's let's actually have a palate cleanser first, because before we get into the to the deep of it, because I know this is going to like cause issues, because, again, Mark is a man who literally travels around the country to see his family at Christmas. And I pretend like you need to put out a wanted poster. So we are definitely on opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to this. But let's start hey, is with. Is coming up for Christmas? Put her on the milk carton now. <laughs> it's July. Put her on the milk carton now. We'll see if we can so get her she's home. She's not pulling up on the family this holiday season. That's you. Uh, let's move on <laughs> <laughs> to whether or not you're a fan of Christmas. I am a fan of Christmas movies. But mm-hmm. as I will state in this, I like the dysfunctional ones. I like the mm-hmm. ones that it's like, let's like, you know, I, give me some mixed nuts. Give me some home for the holidays. Give me the type of family where you got to like bite your tongue in the between. You know what I mean? The family stone. I was stone. just going to say family yeah, stone. Like yeah. Give me that. Give me a meshment. Give me... John McClane can't talk yeah. to his wife, but he's going to pick up a gun. I am That's there. The Enjoy it. Movie right you know there. what I mean? Die, die Hard really is. It's the best. Or The Goblet of Fire, where they leave the poor boy abandoned at Hogwarts. I think that one's done it like Christmassy. Like people feel like Goblet of Fire is like a low key Christmas movie because that was the year that he that he stayed and like they had Christmas there. Was that? Or was that Chamber of Secrets where they were in I trouble? I feel like all of them are Christmas All movies. of them are like they that. They felt like Christmas. Hogwarts has a Christmassy vibe. You it get, does. You get it a does. frozen butterbeer and you get yeah. you kind of walk yeah. around. But even on that Frozen, note, even Frozen, that family's more realistic than the crap they're pulling in this. This, oh. this movie, it's kind of like oh. the Harry Potter where like you're staying over at school. That movie with Paul Giamatti, I haven't seen yet, the holdover. Oh, oh yeah, the holdover is amazing. Yeah. Rave reviews. Yeah. And, and th- I kind of like those dysfunctional Christmas movies too. There's also a soft spot in my heart for like for the elf, you know, kind of that's of the world Garfield's Christmas yeah. is one of the best Christmas tales I've ever seen and uh, but it all again goes back to me either uh, a Christmas Carol with like George C. Scott or Patrick Christmas. Stewart mm-hmm. or uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray 
Screw oh, it. I love dysfunctional yeah. though. I love very dysfunctional. Yeah. And I like I'm the about dysfunction. It. I yeah. mean, on Christmas vacation is probably one of my favorite. Another one. Yeah. And it was just disastrous. There you yeah. go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But so, see, it's it's funny to think about those two movies, right? Because you're looking at at Ebenezer Scrooge and a more modern Scrooge like Frank Cross's played by Bill Murray and Scrooge, yeah. where he's looking at this alternate version of his life that would have been like the Griswolds, where like you're sacrificing a lot of income and a lot of work yeah. and like a lot of material possessions mm. for this nice middle class family situation that yeah. you know, Clark's just hoping on his Christmas bonus, the same way that anybody who lives in the neighborhood of Nick Cage and Taylioni wants they get into that situation right. they're kind of the same way yeah. Yeah. so it's like it's fun watching them just get by just struggle to make it but they do it with a smile on their face yeah. and with a song in their heart and yeah. I think that's the where a lot of the cake. critics go yeah the schmaltz you do need to see the holdovers it again is more my brand of dysfunction rather than the mm-hmm. schmaltzy side of it but I will also say to the descendants which is Hawaii Christmas oh, where mom yeah where mom gets found out to be that's a Christmas movie because she's coming home for Christmas remember that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that I I will say those are the type of Christmas movies I like. Yeah. The other ones, it's I can't. My the cynic in me is like, this is a scam. I got beef with one element in this movie, man. What is it? Like when he wanted when he tried to to go back to New York and and, and do something that he loved to do, she kind of shot it down. I didn't like that. She he don't want to sell tires. In this movie, there's a couple times when yeah. when, when wifey's a little. I mean, look. I give Taylioni a lot of credit for multiple reasons. Because, again, I am like Nick Cage when he wakes up it, it, or at the beginning of this movie. Like, that's my Nick Cage. That's kind of me. That's I like mm-hmm. being by myself. Yeah. You know, I, you might have romantic dalliance and goes nowhere every so often. Right. I'm kind of <laughs> Nick Cage in this movie, right? A few, <laughs> a few zeros in the bank account less, but I'm Nick Cage in this movie. Then he wakes up and it's like nothing about this situation I want. I don't want these kids. This who's this dog I have to walk every morning? Yeah. Who are these friends? But I'm married to Tay Leone and mm-hmm. who plays Kate in this movie. And that is a that's what a selling point that is. Yeah. So whatever that woman told me to do, as much as I love to be independent, just sit and like get high with my dog after the end of the night. If Tay Leone comes into life and she's like, hey, you need to do this and this and this and stop doing this and this and this, I'm oh, like, Oh man, I want to do what I love uh, to do for a living. But wait a minute though, Tony. Like, again, I'm not trying to say that you're wrong on the reaction or the defensiveness of it. But, like, let's be real. Mm -hmm. The reality of her being supportive of that, what reality does that leave for her? That means that everything that she's doing, which is already tough. I mean, the first moment of the movie, she's, like, busting in on him. Like, oh, my God, I got to pee. I need to get away from the kids for two seconds. Here, take this. You know what I mean? This is clearly a frazzled overworked mom who, although she is not the businesswoman that we meet at the beginning of the thing, that chick is still in there. And so you don't think she wakes up some morning wanting to be in midtown Manhattan taking martinis at lunch? And so, like, him asking that, like, wouldn't you be like, be for real? (laughs) But now it's like, at least let him attempt. But, but him attempting, what is her world going to be like? This I'm also saying this to a man who leaves four days out of the week, so I don't feel like <laughs> I'm talking to the right audience. Because <laughs> I'm a firm believer, you got to do what you love to do in life. Fair. And, you know, and you know, some people can balance family and that at the same time, and I know it's a struggle, but, you know. I know she got blindsided by this decision, right? It was because, a big decision. Right. You know? Because basically, this is the point of the movie where he started to embrace who he is mm-hmm. and that he is this family man and that this is sort of something that he did want for a long time. Yeah. Right. He's married to the person he's he's never not been in love with. And then, you know, you come with the kids and the kids are okay. And I kind of like walking the dog after a while and whatever. Right. Uh, so he's accepted that. But then he gets this 
out of the blue opportunity to yeah. prove how talented he is in this other world and to take his family with him. I mean, again, I'm all for Kate saying like, what the hell are you doing? Moving our family to New York. This is crazy. That's no, we're step. not doing it. Then he drops the bomb. Uh, it's going to be double the paycheck yeah. and I get a big Christmas bonus. Come it's on. guaranteed. Unlike Cart Griswold's. And it's like, we got to at least think about it. There's on. a conversation yeah. you have. And, his family's in New York City. Uh, not going to pretend that it was not something to be contemplated, but let's not keep it real. What life, the life changes, the life changes for her that's at the end of that. And I'm not saying that's nanny money. We're not saying that's <laughs> nanny money because I, I would be like, is that nanny money? In which case, let's pack up the kids and that's let's go. That's definitely nanny right. money. But just mm. this is this is 2000. It was before the first economic downturn. You're probably right. It is yeah, nanny. Yeah, they yeah, could buy a condo for 100 grand. Yeah. This movie does such a great <laughs> job, though. And something we were talking about right before we we hit play on this stuff is uh, is like it, it does such a great job of painting the picture of how a single bachelor dude lives in the city yeah. and how non conducive that is to raising a family, just the environment that he wakes up in, mm. where it's just cold, static, you know, yeah. the setup exactly the way he likes, but you take a kid in there and they're bored out of their mind. Oh, there's sure. like yeah. nothing to do. 100%. There's hazards everywhere. There's sharp corners. And it's like, this is, this is the antithesis of the family home mm. where we can move in and grow old together. And oh, this is leaking and that's broken, but it's ours. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Tony, I'm going to talk to you. This is why I think the movie is fine where it is, and I'm going to ask you. Just name some of the movies that you notice this movie rips off in it. Oh. Because as you were talking about that, I thought of, like, three more. So what? So we know it's, like, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. Very similar. But there's yeah. more. Like, yeah. I got one. 17 again. There you go. Oh, wow. Didn't rip it off because it's after, but, like, very similar, like, that vibe of, like, oh, yeah, a was- big, like, you know, going back in time. Yeah, sure. Vice versa. Vice versa. Freaky a perfect, Friday. perfect example. What else? What else mm-hmm. we got that it robs from? There's um, like a ton. Th- there's been movies that have Switch. come out since then. No, there's th- ones that like, before. You know, uh, American Psycho because his Whoa. opening office. Tell me that's not Patrick Bateman's layer. Wow. Tell me that's American not Patrick Psycho? Bateman's layer. Paul Allen's card. A very American site. This guy listens to Huey Lewis. I'll say Thank that. Thank you. Wow. So like, That's again, wild. like, look at, and then um, we said A Wonderful Life. We said that. Also, A Christmas Story. Ebenezer Scrooge and like going to see his different versions of his oh, life. Oh, it's definitely A Christmas Carol. Yeah, oh, like sure. Christmas Carol. Yeah. I said Purposely. A Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many other movies does this thing rip off? That's why I can't like give it. It's it's kind of a Franken Christmas. I think the thing that, that separates it is, the, and and even the critics who lambasted this movie, who gave it a rotten review, mm. even they had to admit that the chemistry between yes. Cage and Leone is what sells this movie. Facts. And I think that that's the attraction for somebody coming out of like me, who historically is not a relationship guy. Like my record <laughs> is two years, okay? Oh, I wow. achieved that in college and I achieved that with Molly's mom. <laughs> and since 2017, it's been pretty much on my own. Now there's been instances and there's been like datings it's, and stuff it like really that. Been that That's since I actually had a girlfriend, yeah. And and I don't feel sad about it at all. I, I actually kind of love it. But but there is this there's this allure 
to having some, to having like a teammate in life. Mm-hmm. And that's who these folks are. Like you can tell, yeah. obviously you can tell that they're in love. And yeah. and I love any movie, which again, this does borrow from a few. Any of those rom-coms where at the end, it's like, she's at the airport. I got to catch her. Yeah. Can I yeah. get there? I care. Oh, and Tony plays the caddy. I'll get you there in 20 yeah. minutes, Jack. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, it, it's mm-hmm. like you, you hope that you can make that work because you love this person so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know that person's out there for me, but the, the, just the alternate universe aspect of it, I think is appealing. I think it's fun sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's usually around it's, the holidays. Yeah. You just sit and you're like, where else could my life have gone if I had taken that internship, if I didn't decide to pick up a microphone in front of people? Mm-hmm. Where could my life have gone? Mm-hmm. And that generally leads me down the road of, I probably would have been settled with a family. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean, do you, this is, I hate to say it, this is the midlife crisis movie, though. And oh, I really feel that I am in the wrong audience for this. Like, mm-hmm. like me not like this movie's not made for me. This movie's made for y'all. Met, and this is like the right guys. I feel like I am like a guy talking about Barbie right now, and I should be yeah. out of this because in really truth, like <laughs> this movie was made for y'all. Written by David and David, David Diamond and David Weissman. I have a feeling they were working some stuff out. Oh my God, I just saw <laughs> feel who they were working this. some I just stuff out. Ratner, baby. No. Uh-huh. Rush hour. This is it's definitely the, the midlife day. crisis movie. That dude. <laughs> With Ratner doing Brett it? Ratner. Yeah. I, I get it now. <laughs> I know. Well, now I, uh, by the way, I want everyone to please like hit us up if you think I'm right about this because I really think I just cracked the case. <laughs> this no, is like a yeah. subdued Brett Ratner. This yeah. being a middle-aged like dude's kind of, you know, not not revenge movie, but just like where else could my life have gone? Should, should mm. I buy that sports car kind of thing? Yeah. Brian put a great nugget in here is that in, in our notes is that Nick Cage agreed to do this movie because he saw Rush Hour. He was a huge fan of Rush Hour. Yeah. Okay. And so that movie continues to have connective DNA with us here at Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and especially the show Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. So mm. that's that that, that, that's a really funny thing. And like when this movie came out in December of of two thousand, and like how much uh, when you see the shots in New York City in this movie, how much our world was about to change. Yeah. And you, this, I think, even more so in retrospect, knowing all that. Yeah, it makes it feel like we're going back to a simpler time. Yeah, but you brought up Barbie, and you brought up how you know, like, because I loved Barbie. I thought it was maybe the best movie I've seen this year. Oh, this feels like Barbie too. Yeah, it because does feel you're a taking bit. somebody out of their comfort zone. Where Margot yeah. Robbie wakes up and yeah. she's in the Barbie dream house, and she has this Barbie life, right. and she yeah. knows Barbie things, and that's her entire world, and she loves it. And you put her in a different universe, yeah. and she's like. I don't know how to feel, but I but maybe I do belong in this world. Too. Right. Yeah. No one at all. It robs a little bit from labyrinth, going to rescue the life that, that you abandoned. I'm <laughs> telling you, man, this movie is just a Frankenstein movie of schmaltzy <laughs> so moments. A lot of movies. Are I know, a lot of but movies this one, I movies. just it's so blatant. Quentin Tarantino's it's whole like, catalog. I don't disagree with you on that, but he puts some <laughs> eloquence to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no eloquence to this one. It uh, is. Uh, it's not. Fair. There's a difference between a light touch on your booty at a party and grabbing, and this movie is grabbing for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There has to be a scene you like in this movie, though. I the do cake. like. I Chop do like. Cake. I do like watching him as a fish out of water, as the you know whatever it is, as the the guy that's waking up in the life. Like, basically, um, remember in the change-up with Ryan Reynolds and Jason, Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Like, all those moments where he is just out of his depth with a woman that is like, why don't you know how to do this? You've been doing this for 20 years. Those are all really funny. What about you, Tony? Do you have a favorite scene from this one? I did like the chocolate cake scene because that, that, that was cute. the moment where they really um, oh, yeah. connected. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They were chasing each other for the cake. 
And then there's food involved. And then, you know, that that was the moment. Because, you know, he was out. He was one foot out. He was yeah. like, he was thinking about hooking up with that girl in the red dress. And, and Jeremy was like, what are you talking about, man? And so I feel like that was the moment of real connection with them on that, you know, aspect of it. And it was like, and just seeing that, that personality right there, I was like, I like this couple right here. And we see them run the entire gamut of his character in that one scene, which is why it's so perfect, is because he comes home and all he's thinking about is that chocolate yes. cake. <laughs> because as a single dude, <laughs> yes. nobody's stealing nobody's my chocolate, chocolate cake. Exactly. I'm opening cake, yeah. my fridge and whatever That's I my ordered. Life now. Yeah, right. It's like whatever we grubbed up the night before is still going to be it's in right there. there in the it's fridge. guaranteed. Yeah, and fair. now this stranger is eating my chocolate cake, Man. but you realize through in, in the span of watching her eat it and take it and, and this playful yeah. banner. I love her yeah. even more than yeah. I love this chocolate cake. And then we get a, a, a tease in nine and a half weeks. And yeah, then he says do. the wrong thing and realizes he's still out of his depth. And right. so we still have some work to do. That's a great, great scene. I yeah. love the uh the the Christmas Eve party scene. Oh yeah. Because that is every Christmas Eve party that I went to growing <laughs> up as a kid. My grandma threw like the big in town in Roebling, New Jersey, mm. New Year's Eve party where like all the neighbors would come in and it was not a big house. So it's like everybody's just kind of packed, but you're seeing relatives and you only yeah. see them that time of year. And you find these little corners mm. where it's like, oh, I'm safe with, with you three. I can now 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 I'm in a safe space. Yeah. It's like, you know, and and the guy who's eating chicken wings because he's got his bypass in two days. Oh, and he's man, like, for sure. It's so it's just it feels so like that small town yeah like th this should be green bay wisconsin oh you wow. know that's why are you doing that to I my city green bay. <laughs> it, it just that, that's what this feels like it does feel more like that are they in upstate new york when we when we jersey jersey they're yeah. in jersey jersey because they're hoping the nets can turn it around with that's Keith right that's, <laughs> that definitely days right yeah. there the one thing i will say about this and you mentioned it too is jeremy being his thing there's some great supporting cast in this which mm. also really sort of make this movie also the kids the kids are adorable kids are the kids were like really cute but the jeremy piven of it all and we were talking about this the other day you think this is his best like this best is apex jeremy piven because he had such a great run of being the best friend in romantic comedies, whereas usually next to John Cusack, like Gross yeah. Point Blank or Serendipity, yeah. but he's also just great here when he shows up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he's just that perfect sort of second banana guy you can lean on in certain scenes, like the bowling alley scene, yeah. where he has to do what he thinks is a solid for his friend because his friend who he's known, the Nick Cage that he's known yeah. this whole time, talked him out of a similar thing the year before of, mm -hmm. of not cheating. And like, again, it goes back to that, this is probably written by dudes going through their own midlife yeah, crisis. Yeah. For sure. Again, I I know that, like, it's like, oh, I get this, like, it's so not for me. And let me tell you, I was very entitled to this movie. I was like, I don't get this, why this works. I don't, I don't even remember that it was directed by Brett Ratner. Brett I, Brett. I would have I would have been harsher on it. I would have probably Brett been harsher on it if Ratner. I would have known that. I'm sorry, whatever. He started it. He started it. And everyone knows what he did. You did not start it, Jacqueline. <laughs> he started it. Um, luckily, he's canceled, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, the thing I will say about it is, uh, the whole premise of this movie not being for me is because if I woke up with a whole family, mm. although I would be upset about it, <laughs> it wouldn't be like something where I was like, I don't know who this person is. I would be like, we made some poor choices, but I wouldn't like, you know, I, could, I take care of people now. You know what I mean? Like mm. it would suck, but I wouldn't like die about it. What would you do if so you woke another up? Another fun question to ask is like, how would I handle that situation? Yeah. I think y'all both know how I would handle that situation. 
and I would do my job and I would suck it up and I would be the best goddamn exactly. small town dad and I would love the kids and I would cherish my dog walks at night by myself mm-hmm. and I would love worship my wife for the goddess that she is and I'd be like, okay, this is it. This is this it. This is and, a lot you do. But, but much in the same way that he had his attitude towards work where he's like this, you know, he's he's working on this mega billion dollar deal right. in his other life and now he's working as the the assistant at Big Ed's Tires, mm. I'm like I'm getting a management baby. I'm taking over this the, this location. We're opening three new locations by this time next year because you just it, you have to understand what your lot in life is. And the fact that there's such a lack of the angel of Don Cheadle's angel in the be in the meat of this movie, where like he wants him to show up mm-hmm. and give him some sort of hey, no. maybe you should walk over here. Maybe you should nope. check out what's going on here. Yeah. He's pretty much figuring this thing out on yeah, his own. for sure. Yeah. And, but, but that's why Don Cheadle is such a great book into this movie, too. Very true. How would you handle waking up and being in that situation if you just came from, like, just comic on the road, right. No, fa- then you wake up and boom, oh, my God, I have a, a full-blown, as Gen Z calls it, a full-blown family. Full-blown yeah. family. Um, I would probably get used to it really quickly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I've already had experience with, with the wife from the past right. relationships, so I'm like, oh, we we doing this. We yeah. did this. And and the kids, you know, I'm great with kids, so it's like, but for me, the whole thing is the job. What am I doing for What are living? you doing to make Because my, my dream in life, personally, I've always, I always knew I was going to find love or a good mate. Like, I've never worried about that. Mm-hmm. Not to be cocky or anything like that, hey, but it's listen, just like, you don't, it's not cocky I always you knew I, w- I would have a companion. <laughs> if you're listening to this show, <laughs> You oh, might want to fire up YouTube because <laughs> this is a catch right next to me. Because it's like, you know, I know I can find somebody because I vibe well. Hmm. So so for me, the scarier part of life for me is, will I do something for a living that I enjoy? Mm-hmm. That was always like the dream for me. And so once I pull up the big, big Al's tires, I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> but like you said, if if I could if I could turn that business around and make it my own and put my stamp on it, and then we we going global now, then I could then then I can live with yeah, big house time. I you feel girl like, boss, you both be, girl boss immediately. Look, the job, yeah, the we, job is crucial. Yeah. We know the highest of highs. We we, yeah. we know the high That's... of 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 having a great set, and you walk off stage, and, so, and it's just like it all came together. I feel like I could we could simulate that. If you make a big snow tire sale <laughs> and then you just go back and in my tiny little office, we open that bottle of Glenn Levin. He's hiding yeah. in his thing. And he's just like, you know, you can, let's celebrate this way. You can never accuse comedians of not being ambitious. Now, they maybe ain't not ambitious about the that other people care about, but they're right. all ambitious because to just do that is such a grind. Like oh, all man. of you have been Tough. like meat ground on it. Like, well, so, I think yeah. the thing about comics and how they relate to this and being in that situation, waking up in this yeah. weird world where now all of a sudden you have all these responsibilities is that. When you're a comic and you go somewhere on the road, you don't necessarily have say over how the crowd's going to be that yes. night, Absolutely over not. over if the mic's even going to work. Is this mm-hmm. plugged in? Is this going to work? Is somebody going to drop it? Did they lie somebody going to spill a drink? <laughs> <Right>. Somebody <laughs> going to heckle? You have to suck up whatever situation you're in. Yeah. You have to suck it up and deliver for an hour. Yeah. And so with this, it's the rest of your life, but you're like, I'm, I have to make the best of this. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that occasionally I get to go home at the end of the night and the chocolate cake isn't eaten. Um, also, you're good improvisers, so you're going to amuse yourself. <laughs> for sure. Within the absurdity of it, I will say on the other side of it, 
I would do it differently in the sense that I would look at this as a chance to just make this my game. I would Captain Fantastic. Like, uh, I would take the kids out to I the country and we would be homeschooled. Like, I, everybody already knows I am just, like, one global event away from, like, being the Unabomber, basically, without the propensity for violence. Yeah. Like, it is there. My desire to leave the world and grow shit in the dirt has been within me since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, since I was a child, I used to, like, say, I'm going to have a little farmer's market. We made mud stuff. Like, this is my stuff. Like, mm. these are our crops. And I didn't need to do that. I was four. You were a little so, Matt Damon making potatoes on Mars. Right. <laughs> this is these the thing. These are my crops. This is definitely the thing. And so I know that's what I would do. I would get those kids to, like, Amish country, and oh, we wow. would make honey. Pennsylvania. And we would be the weird, hippy-dippy kids. Yeah. Like, I know that. But what if your spouse is like, what are you doing? Right. You, we can't, I mean, you, we can't I'm sure she would. And crops? I know that they would. I'm sure it would be like that, but I can, but the whole point being is that you're saying we're going to give them a better life. We're n- The spouse I would have would be just to stretch this Tia Leone and be like, we're about to take all the stress away, baby. We're about to live a simpler life. <laughs> she has that card that oh. she plays multiple times this movie, though, where she's like, this is the life that we always dreamed about together, that like, mm. this is the house. She has this thing about like, n- even if you gave her a, a crap ton of money and you could move to a nicer community within that and so I like, still keep your friends and stuff, mm. she seems like she's she doesn't want to, she wants this house. Yeah. Even though it's not the biggest house, even right. though it, they, they can barely afford it. She wants this house. She wants this, like she wants things her way. She loves this life. She's fully embraced what it is. And so even if it's a better situation mm-hmm. on paper, I don't think that Kate is going to be up for it. Oh, no. Well, this is the best part about living in the country. You can have that house for when you need it, but we will live away from insanity. She really wants to be Mm-mm. with these crops. You can't be that stressed out with your existence and someone say, let's move to the country and like chill out and yeah. not have it be appealing. Like, let's be real. World events in the next year are going to make that house seem very less uh, marketable. I guarantee you. That was the plan before 9-11. I bet you after 9-11, I could convince her to move with me to the country. That's, I mean, yeah. Again, world events. Right. World events. Um, I do think it's funny that this movie was buried by Castaway. Oh, yeah. Castaway? Yeah. That's the life you that, want, though. No. You want the, the Wilson. Ca- Oh, I want the castaway she life. Yeah. The I, oh, I'm right there with you. I mean, yeah. but that's roughing it. I'm not trying to rough it. I'm trying to have access to Amazon. Let's be real. Um, if I had proof I could start a fire by myself, in, in, in the, I'd be fine living like that. That's, Were you that's not a my Boy biggest Scout? worry about that is like, can I start a fire? I think we could. It looks you extremely can't? difficult. I've never done it. <laughs> if only there was a game show that stranded people on an island uh, and saw, oh, wait. You should be oh, on wait. it. You should be on it. No, uh, I don't know if I could do it now, but I know the stuff to make it happen. Like, I could go investigate how to do it. Yeah. Like the From various, your crop growing yeah, experience. Also if, I just had my, also, if I had my glasses, I could do it. Oh, the glasses. You could do it with your glasses. Oh, with the magnif- yeah, magnification. Yeah, you could do it with your glasses. Good luck having those glasses survive the plane crash, Fair. onto the life rafts, Fair. onto the miles. I hope a whale yeah. brought the glasses, <laughs> shot not, out of its blowhole, and landed on it. not going to pretend to that, but if we had sea glass, we could polish that down. You could make glass Man. that way. Castaway buried everything, though. It's, I mean, it was a huge movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, this this got buried by Castaway. And what and, women want. And what women oh, that want. That was a big one, too. Yeah. That was I mean, a huge holiday hit. I just remark the days where you could have three movies debut and bo- all everything in that list made over $100 million. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, that right. is not that is not a, that is Who's not a thing making now. money then. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And, and it's the holiday season. That's the prime box office season. Yep. So yep. everybody can eat. 
I will say this before we get out of here. I I think I like put it on the disturbed one. Is there a holiday movie that's like part of your staple? Is there a holiday movie that you try to see every year? Yeah. Which one is your holiday like it's in your top rotation no matter what? I have two actually. Every, every Thanksgiving I like to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's already, great. Already watched it this Co-sign. year. Co-sign. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Mm. Um, and I watch Home Alone 2 a lot. I like Home Alone 2 better than The one, one with Trump, really? Yeah. Wow. You just did all of that. He's not you the just star threw Trump of the movie. in there. I know he just comes through real quick. I just between quick. the two home alones, I'm going to pick the first one cuz he's a, you, come on. It's the same story. So you, you just because Trump rolled through? It's the same story. It is the same White story, boy. but you got Tim Curry in the second one. That is a fact. Doesn't discount that. The first one you have the fake classic film movie, which I thought was a real movie for the entire time that I watched oh, that yeah. movie until I think we covered it and yeah. I found you out it's a fake movie. You get the sequel to that in Home Alone 2. You do? Because he plays it in the hotel room and freaks out Rob Schneider, And the pranks are funnier to me in the second one. I laughed harder at the pranks. If I've had a couple of pops in me, then I like Home Alone 2 better, only because the sticky bandits are hilarious. Mm -hmm. And uh, But if I'm watching it sober, I think the first Home Alone gets me in the feels a little more. And Mm -hmm. the second one, it actually hurts watching the... the the stunts after a while like why like Kevin is he's literally trying to murder these these For people sure. yeah. which he has every right to every do but right. my god I mean like <laughs> yeah. after the first injury these two should be in the blue tent in the NFL well, why are and, they still coming back like that's my whole thing like because it's a kid it's I a mean kid. There's no way a and kid again, can beat us after so many licks you don't get them back yeah. you just lay down no they, they know they have to take this kid out now because this kid is going through <laughs> puberty and he's a, he, we're, we're turning this kid into Rambo yeah he's gonna be a mass murderer what's your like uh OG My mom and I have kind of like, it, it's not a hate watch necessarily because there's parts of this movie we love, but we also love kind of mystery science theorying our way through mm. love actually. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that movie. It, there's certain storylines that are so, so, so good yeah. and or funny and or touching, but then there's other ones where it's like, dude, this is creepy. Yeah. And this is so, but there's there's moments in it. There's moments and you're going to know what what's good and what's bad. Watch yeah. it. Watch yeah, it and then hit me up out. after you do because yeah. I'm curious for like everybody has their own relationship with love actually and I also just love the house swapping of the holiday. Mm, the house swap. Yeah. So uh, I, like I was going to say the yeah. holiday is my uh, I like the holiday. very go-to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Bridget Jones's diary that opens on New Year's Day because I'm actually mm-hmm. more of a Thanksgiving New Year's Day girl. I love, Thanksgiving. I love uh, New Year's Day for Bridget Jones's diary and yeah. also for The Apartment which is a New Year's Eve movie. So I have like those are my holiday movies mm-hmm. and I would say the holiday is the Christmas one. New Year's Eve is the apartment. New Year's Day is Bridget Jones. Okay. I mean, we know, clearly between the three of us, we know how to holiday correctly. Yeah. So but we'll there's let, not a Santa in sight. We'll, we'll let Tony organize the Thanksgiving festivities <laughs> yes. next year. He seems to be championing I'm, I'm that. We'll come to his food. place and watch football. Christmas. I'll handle uh, Christmas, and then Jacqueline gets to ring in the New Year. Yeah. I will. I will make it happen. That's a good time right there. I, I got Black Eyed Peas on deck. All right. That is going to be it for <laughs> yeah. us good in luck. Movie Talk. Let's go ahead and get out of here. But before we do, Tony, mm-hmm. I was going to go ahead and say, where can folks find you and what do you have going on next? If you happen to be in the Tacoma, Seattle area, I will be out there December 7th through the 9th at Nate Jackson's Super Funny Comedy Club. I will also be in San Francisco the following weekend at Cobb's Comedy Club and then I will round out New Year's Eve weekend in Orlando for two nights and then New Year's Eve in Tampa, Florida at the Improvs out there. So uh, those will be my last cities for the year and I'll be off the road in 2024. So if you're anywhere in those areas, come see me before I go on my little 
hiatus, if you will. You doing the uh, you doing the three shows New Year's Eve? At, I'm doing uh, two at Tampa. Okay, I'm wow. doing two. The three I did shows the three is last. a grind. It was disastrous in Virginia Beach last last. Tired. Oh, the, at the Funny oh Bone at Virginia God. Beach. I did the Funny Bone yeah. at Virginia Beach New Year's Eve. Disastrous. Why? The energy was terrible. Oh, I get it. It was terrible. Three, I felt like yeah. they wanted to be somewhere else. I Three mean, shows is tough yeah. because because the last well, like the first one's earlier than you're used to. It's like yeah. six, uh, and then it's like eight thirty or nine, and then you got to get that crowd full out. Food. Yeah, yeah. They had full meals, turkey dressing. They were sluggish. No, the itis was there. No, I did. Itis. I did a New Year's Eve at a comedy club that show remain nameless. I love this club, but they handed out the uh, the. The, the things you, you would, people mm-hmm. would not you you can't give that to a room full of drunks, drunks yeah at, right before midnight <laughs> and like expect to have any jokes land it's like the whistles yeah. on Arrested yeah. Development okay oh, we're gonna need to get them all back Mark where, <laughs> where can folks find you because I know you got some tour dates coming up uh, after you check Tony out in Tacoma a couple weeks after that you can come on down to Seattle Washington where I'm gonna be right before Christmas the December 22nd 23rd um, in Seattle that weekend, you get tickets to MarkEllis.Live. More touring in 2024 because Tony's taking some time off. So I got all the spots. <laughs> get my spots. Get my spots. Uh, the, the, road, the life of a road comedian. Just... Oh, and check out our show on the street on on Rotten Tomatoes. You can find it on, on social media, Instagram. I've had so much fun. We have a great crew. They give me a microphone and way too much freedom to just roam around the streets of L.A. Hopefully we get to take that on the road soon. Yeah. So if you're around Southern California, you see me on the street, I'm probably asking you about movies. Uh, come hang out. It's a great time. I love it. Very similar to that. Be sure to check out our new podcast, the Awards Tour Podcast. It's hosted by me. For all of those episodes where you're like, where's Jacqueline? Why is she not here? She's probably doing some awardsy stuff. This podcast can give you guys a peek inside. We have some great interviews coming up. In addition to that, please always email us Email us at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you find your podcast. And next week, I think it's going to be a fun one, sir. We're going to be going to the place that, that really kind of birthed me in a lot of ways, although it's not my hometown. It's definitely the town that I that I spent my formative years. Oh, yeah, the legend of Billie Jean. That is right. Never with seen a, it? With a very special it. guest. But it was filmed in Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, it's like five Selena movies that were filmed country, there. Huh? Well, this was... Selena, right? Selena. This was the Selena country in the non-Selena parts is the best thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I can say, this is Corpus Christi of the 70s and early 80s. This is a different time. So do not wow. put it on expecting some great Tejano music. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. We're going with the white trash kids of the lake towns of Corpus Christi, but it's a fun ride. I know a, a little ride. something about wow. that. Yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun ride, and we will see you all next time. Again, I want to say on behalf of everyone, our guest Tony Baker, Mr. Mark Ellis, and our producer Brian Perez, thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. 